At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Mobile hunters, are you looking to make the move to saddle hunting this year? Or maybe you just want to add a few new pieces of gear or upgrade your current saddle gear. If that's the case, then head over to tetherednation.com where they've got all mobile hunters covered. Whether you're new to saddle hunting or an old timer, Tethered is your one-stop saddle shop. From saddles to ropes, sticks, ascenders, whatever it is you need, they have you covered. I've personally been using their gear for the past three seasons. Now my base setup consists of the Phantom Saddle and the Predator Platform. And if you're wondering why, I've chosen to use their gear above all else. Here's the cliff notes. They're innovative and pushing the mobile hunting forward overall. They cut no corners and prioritize the safety and performance of their gear. They care about the community that they've created and their gear allows me to hunt free. And above all else, I like to support good people doing good work. If you're interested in upping your mobile hunting game, then head to tetherednation.com. This podcast is brought to you by Skull Brew Coffee Company. Skull Brew Coffee roasts premium single-origin coffee, guaranteed to deliver the freshest coffee directly to your doorstep. The kicker? They're 2% for conservation certified and donate 10% of their proceeds back to organizations who support the interests of our hunting community. So go to SkullBrewCoffee.com and pick up one of their three killer roasts and fuel your hunt and fill more tags with Skull Brew Coffee. Welcome to the Truth From The Stand Deer Hunting Podcast brought to you by Skull Brew Coffee Company. I'm your host, Clint Campbell, and you are listening to episode number 229. Today we're rolling into part number two of my conversation with my good buddy, Greg Litzinger, so stay tuned. everyone happy wednesday to you hope you are doing well hope you are feeling fine it is a rainy day here happy mother's day to you any mothers out there that are listening i'm not sure how many i should probably check into that see how many how many of the lady folk actually listen to this uh listen to this podcast but happy mother's day to you fellas out there hope you uh did something nice for your for your mama um for this mother's day or for your for your wife significant other whatever mothers you have in your having your family my daughter actually is the hero of mother's day in this house. She did all the brunch cooking. She told me what my wife wanted for a gift. And so all I had to do was go, go purchase it. So, uh, she made me look good on this, this mother's day, this mother's day weekend, but I did get a chance to get out and do just a little bit of hunting this weekend. Finally got out into the Turkey woods. Um, if you could even call it that it was a pretty, pretty miserable attempt to be quite honest. Um, headed back to the family farm uh, for a little turkey camp with my father-in-law and my buddy Tate, who you guys have heard on this podcast before. Um, turkey hunting was pretty pretty weak. 
Um, but the pops the night before were pretty good. That's, <laughs> that's kind of how I'll class classify that. So basically got rained out the, I was watching the weather and it looked like it was going to be hit or miss, but it looked like I could, I could get the hunt in and that it was going to stop raining about the time I'd want to get into the timber in the morning. And, uh, you know, got there, had, had some, had some pops with the, with the fellas stayed up too late, got way too little sleep, woke up early went to head out. Um, but when I woke up, realized it was just, uh, pounding the rain down. So I decided to just have some coffee and let the rain kind of wash, wash out. I was watching the weather and it looked like it was going to kind of roll out. But what ended up happening was it didn't really roll out and give me a break until, uh, I don't know, probably like eight, eight o'clock or something like that. Um, there was a small window where I actually got dressed and got ready to go out. And as soon as I walked outside, it just started dumping again. So anyway, ended up getting out, doing a little bit of turkey hunting, saw one turkey. Um, it basically, uh, I saw it running from me. So that was the extent of my, my turkey hunting. Um, still here in PA can only really hunt till noon. The first two weeks, I think, uh, this past Monday, it'll, it'll open up for the, you know, where you can hunt, uh, where you can hunt, hunt all day, but truth be told, it was just good to go back and see, some of the old timers, uh, back home and, and spend a week, uh, spend an evening in camp and shooting the breeze and, and kind of ha- hanging out. It was, uh, it was good for the soul. So that was really kind of the extent of the, uh, of the Turkey trip, but not going to, not going to belabor this up front here. Going to just kind of jump right to it. Uh, before we do that though, be sure to head over to skullbrewcoffee.com, pick yourself up some coffee. And then if you're interested in a truth from the stand merch, you can head to truthfromthestand.com. Uh, check out the merch tab and pick yourself up some sweet swag. But today's show, got a cool show. This is part number two with my good buddy, Greg Litzinger. You know him, you love him, the bow hunting fiend hailing from New Jersey. Um, this is part number two from the follow-up from last week where we did part number one, where we really kind of talked about the property that we scouted together and all the cool sign and, you know, setups that we had found and, and, and stuff like that, which I feel pretty good about going into this coming season. This second half is really talking more specifically about what Greg has been into this off season and some of the places he's been scouting and what he's been finding specifically. There's some big woods. He's really kind of turned his attention to, um, you know, just as it's closer to home, you know, a lot of the places where he's hunted in the past and that he's been kind of venturing out to is a little bit more of a jaunt, a little bit more of a journey from home. And, you know, as a lot of you, as a lot of you guys out there that can probably kind of, uh, understand or empathize with, you know, you know, Greg, you know, is a dad, just like I am working guy and with a family and stuff like that. So not always have the opportunity if you want to hunt to be able to make that 45 minute hour drive, hour and a half drive or whatever it is. If you have some parcels close to home, those are always kind of good to investigate. Greg's got, you know, a rather young kid, uh, you know, um, uh, kiddo at home. So, you know, being home is, is, is important. And so he kind of focused in some areas that were maybe closer around to where he lives. Um, that would be easier and less time consuming for him to get to. He can still get out in the timber, can still hunt, um, but just not quite be so far away from home whenever, you know, if he's needed to get back quickly for, for whatever reason. And so he's been scouting some of these areas and he's run into some really great stuff. And, you know, I think what you'll hear a little bit from him is just kind of a little bit surprised as to what he, what he ran into. Um, and, uh, I've seen some of the pictures and, and stuff like that, that he's texted me and he's, he's definitely found, some hot little spots, um, that I think, you know, it, you know, and Greg will play his cards, right. That he has a really good chance of, of killing a really good deer, um, in these areas this year. So, so with that, we're going to go ahead and jump into today's podcast. And as always, thank you all for listening. One thing I want to dive into real quick is just, I know you've been, you've been putting out some videos on YouTube. So if you've not checked out the, the bow hunting feeding, uh, YouTube channel, uh, you should be checking that out because he's putting out a bunch of really cool videos about breaking down, you know, different pieces, you know, how to 
select the right tree, buck bedding, all this, you know, all that kind of stuff that he's, he's known for, but you've really been spending a lot of time in a big woods piece yes. this year. And I just want to hear how that's been going, man. Cause I know, you know, we've been texting a little bit. It's I've mind, watched the videos. Mind blowing. Yeah. Uh, it's a, you know, relatively big unbroken, I think without giving away too much information, it's bigger than 900 less than 1400 acres and it's mm -hmm. on each side of the road each side of the road has 14, 1400 yeah so it's what i would call a big wood setting mm -hmm. unbroken there's a few like four-wheeler trails or car roads right no major highways no nothing no ag just all natural and i killed my biggest deer in similar terrain you know five miles down the road you know inches wise um some big nasty it's laurels oaks mm -hmm. i mean oaks everywhere so it's tough to find where their oaks are dropping because it's just everywhere yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh i went in there scouting in a spot i never i 20 years ago i was in there maybe 18 years ago and just one day in the rain i went out and it was like holy shit what did i just step into right totally unexpected i was looking for spots closer to home because dad and family life yeah. like for sure. An hour, 45 minutes to an hour ride to the salt marsh and, you know, an hour paddle in or something. That's it's very time. Consuming. Yeah. It's the same way with some of the water access stuff that I hunt. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's all the setup with the boat yep. and, you know, you got to get it time. out and get all your gear in it. And yeah, it's. So I just uh, went walk about in the rain and it just, one thing just, just kept snowballing. And I'm like, the further away I got, the further I got away from people, it's like, wow, that's a big, big rub. How far back in or did you get until you started kind of finding? As soon as I got about 150 yards away from people. And how far know, were the people in? Close. Really? Close to access, yeah. Are because, we talking like 100 yards off of like access? Or? Yeah, because okay. it's, it's, I mean, Jersey guys, so it's a lot, 90% baiters. Right. And so as far as I can carry bait in a ladder yeah. stand. Mm -hmm. got so it. that's, you know, every now and again, you'll see like a hang on. Like, wow, that guy actually has a hang on. All right. Doing some work. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, get about 150 yards away from that. The deer are just skirting around that. And these some of these guys' bay power just, I mean, there's just, the earth is scarred bigger than this bed right here. You know, right. they're just baiting the shit out of it. Right. Like, and they're baiting it. I mean, I still found bait piles out there this year in February. Oh, they're wow. still baiting in February. You know, right. so it's like, all right, cool. Yeah. Yay. You're going to see a lot of one and a half year olds. Yeah, not yeah. not my thing, but hey, good luck, guys. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, just to get away from the people, it's just, in this little thick pockets, it's just rubs. I mean, I found rubs. I showed you some of the rubs. Yeah. I, like, some of these rubs are so big, I know people that hunt there have seen those rubs. How right. could you not see them? Well, maybe they have seen them, but I'm actually afraid to post them because it's like people know exactly where I'm at. Because some of these rubs are that big, you're like, what the fuck made that? Right. it's like... Elk? Yeah, basically, because <laughs> I'm standing next to the one rub, and, I mean, it's, it is... There's time marks, you know, up, you know, my chest height. Right. And we've already big, established you're like five ten and a half. Yeah, so that's yeah. a big deer. Yeah, you know, that's a wide, tall, tiny deer. And those rubs where they're rubbing a tree and they're hitting a tree twelve inches behind, and you're just like, right? I just don't even have. And it was like one after another, like this whole core section of like signpost rubs. Right. And it was like, I I don't want to hunt anywhere else. Right. It's the, the sign is, and then I started finding all these scraping areas where, you know, I found four this year. When mm -hmm. I say scraping areas, I mean. A half dozen scrapes, just four by four caliber scrapes, just right everywhere. And you're like, rubs all in scrapes. And you're like, man, what the 
what's going on? Like, this is just crazy because right. it's only, you know, say, figure a thousand acres. Mm-hmm. And I found four scraping areas like that. And it's like, wow, that's just intense. So was there any, like, consistency as far as where you were finding scrapes or where you were finding big rubs or where you were finding where they were bedding? Like, it's was there any, like... relatively flat. It's flat. You don't, you don't see much terrain features on on onyx or gps or anything because mm-hmm. it's just there might be five foot elevation right. ten foot elevations you might see a small little depression it's pretty much just me just following the terrain like we were doing today yeah just taking a look because it's laurel so you a lot of times you kind of like hunker down well i'll get down on my hands and knees and just like look and be see like, where the right. tube is yeah I'm like yeah. all right i'm gonna head this way you know and that's the the first big scraping i found literally it was pouring down rain i literally had my my rain jacket over my head and i'm just crawling like looking down kind of crawling through this laurels because it was like dumping and i just kind of came up when i came up to it was like massive rub and i was like what the? and it's like just scrapes everywhere and it's like oh my goodness there's just scrapes everywhere and it was like how do i i don't even know where i was like pull my phone out i'm like it's like pouring down rain i can't even use my phone i'm like where am i so i'm like i got my phone like jacking unzipped and i'm like trying to dry my hand off and i'm like where am i and the service is the best, so it's like, this is not where I'm at. So I literally sat there for like 20 minutes just in the dumping rain, like just waiting for Onyx to click back up to right. find my signal because it was like, I, I got to get back here. And then that just led to other things, to other things, to other things. And it was like, it's just insane, the amount of buck sign, like huge buck sign and right. rubs all different shapes and sizes. So but. how far how far apart is this sign? Is this like is this sign like is it all kind of congregated in like or aggregated no, a couple in one hundred, area? A couple hundred yards apart, okay. you know, like That's little pockets of sign, which is weird because that you know like go through it's like you know, aren't massive rubs here. Yeah, I mean, because usually when you see real big sign like that, like it's like you'll see some other sign yep. like scattered about, but like there's usually like that one pot, yep. like that one spot where it's like okay. This is like the congregation yeah. area, right? Like this is like where the action's happening, right? And it's relatively flat too. I think and that's probably why, you know, that it's some of it's off. Like the bedding I found, it's typical buck bedding. You know, the, the swamps behind them, you know, back mm-hmm. cover, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, balloons, thermal pools, all that stuff. Right. And it's just random. It's nothing's really random in deer, but you look at it like even now if it I looks look at random. it, yeah. It, but I still haven't figured out why they're they're doing things there like some of the scraping areas like i get you know the one video i made with uh pick a tree stand i was up high on the scraping area and the way the wind blows it's like i'm just gonna get this trails going everywhere so once i got back down into the swamp is everything just kind of funneled down to this one point and it was where the creek is you know you'll die you know <laughs> 10 foot in this way like you're going up to your balls you know right. and 10 foot this way you're going up to your balls but it makes a little bend and there's just dirt there, like hard dirt and a deer crossing right there. And it was like four or five. You know, I think there's actually like six trails kind of meet at that one point. And there's just two massive scrapes right there. And then you look, look across the creek and it's like a giant rub. And you're like, what the? You know, it's like a two way rub and you see the scrapes and it's right. like feeding this other scraping area. And we're like, Oh man, I can come up through the swamp with hip waders, boom, sit up in the tree and I can hunt that spot, you know, all the time, you know, and never right. cross the deer trail. Right. Because how far you, do you have to walk in the swamp to get there? Far. <laughs> far. <laughs> is yeah. it not is it not boatable? Is it like that kind no, of swamp yeah, it's where just, it's yeah, it's walkable only. Oh really? Okay. So it's yeah. just like muck and gnarly. Yes. Yeah, so it's hip boots. I mean you can do it with knee boots, but 
you're like island hopping. Fuck that. I ain't got time for that. You right. Know? Right. I just, you just know, plow chest, through it. Yeah. I got some waist waders or, or hip waders and I'll just wear them and they're brush busters because it's all briars and everything. Right. But I'm just finding these spots just by walking and thinking how our deer are going to use this, you know, and right. using like, you can see on, on Onyx, like, oh, it's a little open spot, you know, mm-hmm. inside corner mentality. You get there and you're like, holy shit, deer's not everywhere, you right. know, yeah. but it's away from people. Right. You know, as soon as you get near to people, the rubs get smaller, you know, and it's like, it's, you just watching. You get away from people, it gets bigger and you're like, right. wow, this is so weird, you know, imagine yeah. that. Deer yeah. don't like people. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's interesting because, you know, you look at stuff on maps and you'd, you know, you'd look at it and say, well, there should be deer sign here and then there's yeah. nothing. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, just goes to show it's like you just kind of have to put the work in and put the miles on and like figure out where they're spending time because yeah. they're somewhere. Yeah. You know, and, and like that's my buddy Tony. He was with me. I took him out there twice and he's like, dude, and he's not a dare his whole life, basically, too. Like, or, or ever since it's been, you know, you can hunt it. And it's like, I've never even been in this piece of the woods. Right. Because it's like, it's just awkward to get to. Right. It's not like, hey, there was easy cart route. Boop, boop, boop. It's like, and then it's like got across swamp, you know, and you get across this swamp. And then and heavy in the fall, it's raining a lot. Like rubber boots ain't cutting the mustard here. You're, you're going over your boots. People ain't going to do that, man. Right. You know? Yeah. And it's just deer bedded in the swamp. You know, I found some buck beds that are bedding just on the, the, the outside of the swamp. Right. But it's just so much good sign and big sign, you know? Right. Like, because my salt marsh this year was, it was rough. I don't know if I got... EHD or CWD or whatever, ABC, XYZ, whatever's going on with the deer right now. But right. that place was just awful. Yeah. I remember yeah. the last time we, we did a podcast, we yeah. talked about that a little bit and it was just yeah painful. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's like the, the cameras got hot for November 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th range. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And it was gone. Right. So, and I had, I mean, 10 cameras on that one area. It was just nothing. Yeah, this year. So it's like, I'll give it a little break, you know, and hunt closer to home. And, you know, because most areas by me, as with anywhere, peaks and valleys. You know, right. some years it's hot, you know, and it's like, and then yeah. some years it's not, you know, like yep. Salt Marsh, I did get more people this year than mm-hmm. usual on cameras. Uh, so maybe that's it. They're just pushing deer out and they're just somewhere else. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, same thing, man. There was a piece that I was hunted, whatever it was, not last year, obviously, but the year before last. And I had really killer deer on camera in that in that one and this year nothing on that camera yep. and i had a camera on another on the other side of it It was a swamp you know or it was like a swamp kind of in like hardwoods on either side yep. and uh and this year like on the other side was actually was better yep. right now there weren't any big deer over there necessarily but like the best deer were over on the other yep. on the other side this year um if they lived be good deer probably yeah. next year, you know, cause it was, there was two that were borderline, yeah. you know, but that just goes to show. It's like, yeah, it's like these things are and cyclical. You, and you, you know, some of the spots I hunt there as most of your listeners know, like they're the worst spots that mm-hmm. you don't go there. And be like, Hey, this is going to be easy. It's literally like the hardest. Yeah. Like I just, I'm, I'm dumb or whatever we want to call it, but I go in the areas that are just super difficult and I want to mm-hmm. have success in, the, in those areas. Yeah. Well, and there's gun gonna, clubs that yeah. they drive it, they push it. And I know in some areas, you know, even where I, I'm hunting now, like across the street where I shot my buck a few years ago, that place was on fire. And then word got out, I killed that big buck there. And then it was just like, not 
literally the next year it's like a fucking light switch right nothing stands everywhere bait positive everywhere, and you're like wow you people don't fuck around man like, right. it's like oh i'm like the big deer's already dead sorry <laughs> right yeah yeah but so and then just blow it out and just push his deer out because you know deer just they don't like people well the other thing is too man is like <clears throat> whether it's jersey or pennsylvania like usually whenever someone kills a really big deer in an area at least this is how i think about it I don't, I'm not really interested in going and rushing into that area for one, because what you just said, like that deer is already, that deer is already dead. Right. And these aren't typically places that are going to hold multiple big deer in in one spot. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't happen. Right. Like I have a general area, you know, and I, I showed you all the pictures where I have a couple really good deer, but it's over the course of like several thousand acres. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's all geographically located in a similar, similar spot. Mm. You know what I mean? But they're not in the same area. I could show someone a picture of one of the big deer that I had on camera this year that I was trying to kill, and they could go try to hunt him. And I will be several miles away yeah. in a completely different spot with good deer there. And so that's what my priority really has been, you know, because truth be told, it's like the area around here where I live. It's densely populated. Densely populated. But I've also not been hunting this particular area for a long period of time. Like this is probably going into only year four. I think of me focusing on hunting the the public that's around here, four or five, whatever it is. And last year was the first year on a lot of these different pieces, you know, so it's taken me a couple years to like. Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. And that's too, you, a lot of people will see people have success in certain areas, but they don't look at how much time someone Damn. has invested in. It's not, I, me personally, I've never gone into an area, scouted it, and the following year killed deer. It's never right. fucking happened. Right, yeah. yeah the never, only times it's ever happened for me is like, is traveling out of state. It's never more happened so. either. Right. Well, I mean, it, it's happened for me on like some freelance, like freestyle hunts yeah. or whatever, you know, but I've also, I was also hunting states that just have, better you know, deer. better like more uh better density and better genetics. better target opportunities yeah. right you know it's like one was in ohio killed a great deer right one was in iowa obviously a great place to hunt deer yeah. right had great i heard about that state yeah it's an up-and-comer yeah a lot of people don't know about it yet. yeah um in missouri had an opportunity there saw a couple of big deer yeah. you know but these are states where you can go find good yeah. good deer you know finding good deer in pennsylvania or new jersey or for our folks who are listening that are in Michigan or in the New England states yeah. that are just like low deer density and yeah. stuff like that. You got like, either low deer density or you have high people density, which is like what a lot of, I think, Northeast people deal with. Yeah. You got one or the other and it's difficult. It's like, hey, not a lot of deer, but they're big, just not a lot of deer. That takes right. time. Yeah. You know, or densely populated area. You got a lot of competition. Right. Not only from hunters, but like we were saying, you know, hikers, bird watchers. All those things come into play. Duck yeah. hunters, yeah. You know, small game, small game. Yeah. So it's like it's not just deer hunters. Yeah. You know, it's like you know that are that you're having to kind of, you know, I don't want to say work around, but like yeah, you have to take into consideration like you know, all those things. You know, that's why for me. And you look at too. I, I know me as a kid growing up when I first got into hunting, you know, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, I small game all the time. So I go after school mm-hmm. all the time. Once I could look, drive. You know, get a license. My small game hunting went. Mm. So right. 
I, I think that comes into play. You know, yeah. kids, uh, high school kids are just getting their hunt license. They live near peace. They're going to hunt the dog show. You know, oh, yeah. because yeah. they're right there. Yep. You know, as once they get a license, oh, maybe I'll travel a little bit. So if there's a bunch or of it kids. it also becomes less interesting because now I'm going to go hang out with my buddies. Yep. I can drive somewhere, yep. right? So you like know, you start, you got, they start to hunt a little less. You, know, you, you know? got, you know, housing development near or just a road with kids. That's why also. I like to hunt behind senior centers. Ain't nobody out there hunting. <laughs> And they can't, they can't tell you leave because they can't catch you. Yeah, exactly. You <laughs> they know, can't see you. kick your walker you. out from underneath it. No, it's terrible. I shouldn't say that. Um, but I, I think a lot of that comes into play with, <clears throat> with you know, gun clubs come and go. Like you got a banner year, acorns everywhere. You know, by me, the guys do a lot of driving. Mm-hmm. And you can drive by their pole during gun season. And there's right. like, this guy's massacre of the woods. Right. And you know that, you know, areas and like, well, gonna be hurting for a year or two because they kill a lot of nice deer well mm-hmm. you kill 100 inch deer well you're not gonna have 140 inch deer right next and you year, kill yeah. like a half a dozen of them plus whatever everybody else killing that's not part of that club it's like right ooh, all of a man. sudden like your deer numbers took a hit big time yeah. yeah i mean that's why for me and i know you do this too you know it's you know i don't rely on any one piece necessarily yeah. i expect that like i'm going to find good deer this year probably somewhere where I didn't find them last year. You know what I mean? And, but you start to find some like consistency in certain, with certain things. Right. So for me, where I will find, you know, likely find consistency and it's easier said than done, but you just have to spend a lot of time in the woods to do it is finding those primary scrape areas. You're very good. Like your early season trail counter pictures are insane. I look at mine. I'm like, wow, I got nothing. (laughs) Clint's like, look at this, whammo! Look at this. I'm like, wow, all right, okay. Did you taught me well, man? Yeah. You know, it's like spending time with you has worked out. Um, it, it's a, uh, <clears throat> but I try to find a bunch of spots like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But the thing is, is like, I don't have a secret. The secret really is, is that I, I will spend probably more time than a lot of people walking by beds. Yeah. You know what I mean? But what I'm going to look for and find is like, I want volume because yeah. I, I'm not, I might need to shift like where I'm going to be yeah. hunting and stuff like that. And that one bed, just like, for example, like the bed that we found yeah. today with that scrape and that yeah. rub, it could be blown up. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Someone might be start using that two track to like yeah. ride a four wheeler, like yeah. sometime this year, even if it's illegal in that yeah. spot, but like they could be doing that. Right. And so I can't count on that being like a spot and that's yeah. probably one, maybe two deer. Yeah. Right. And so what I do is I spend a lot of time trying to find primary scrape areas, even if they're going to hit it at night to get inventory, to know what's close. And then I'll look to figure out where they're going to, where and how they're going to move. And that's, you know, that's a plan, you know, a planned attack, which a lot of people don't have. Right. Like I, and I don't have a bunch of them, but I've been hunting 20 years. That's what people told me. I've been hunting 20 years. I'm like, so that's your plan of attack. You've been hunting 20 years. Yeah. Uh, That that's a horrible plan plan it's horrible yeah it's not even a plan like uh, it's a yeah. statement yeah <laughs> you know like like i mean i talk shit on my buddy tony but like he does scouting does all these things i mean he's a really good hunter but he doesn't really plan out his hunts or his vacations mm-hmm. kind of just like shoots from the hip like he's you know 20 years old again like he enjoys being out in the woods but it's like uh, right uh, and it's like dude like you had skill set just buck and when he does there's a few years when he was really like on top of his game. He was killing every year, killing right. nice deer. Well, that requires work and effort, like consistent on basis. You can't half-ass it because right. it shows. You know, it's like, oh yeah, uh, you know, I've got. Oh, if I see you, man, I ain't seen a deer in like two months. I'm like, got it. And he, he's 
has a job where he's not home a lot. So yeah. he's a weekend warrior. Yeah. Dude, run cameras. Buy a dozen cameras, dude. Be a camera junkie now. You're like, yep. the next couple of years of your life, you can't be out in the woods all the time. So mm-hmm. be a camera junkie. Yeah. Well, you know, I got, uh, it's like, it, this is what you got. Yeah. You it's know? like, and that, I mean, I, I can understand, not understand like the not going out and doing, doing the work part or the yeah. effort part. Right. Cause that's like something I, I do enjoy doing, you know, but that's also why I look for those high probability yep. target areas. Right. I'm not going to waste a lot of time, you know, I, and I'm not good at deciphering rubs like you are. You know what I mean? So for me, it's like when we spend time together scouting, I'm often paying attention. That's why every time we found a rub, I was like, yeah. which way is he going? Because yeah. I'm trying to learn how to use that because the more I can use that, I can start to put the puzzle pieces together more quickly. Yeah. Right. So for me, I'm, at this point, I'm more of a volume shooter. Yeah. Like I want to know where I have a density of really good deer and I want them aggregated on a primary scrape because then I will start to figure out from there, like based on wind, based on pressure, based on terrain, where are their opportunities and where are the doe bedding opportunities, you know, and how can I put myself in between? And that's, you know what I mean? And And I'll use cameras to do that. And everybody needs to have something they, that's their, their bread and butter, so to speak. Yeah. You know, you, you need to find your strengths. Yeah. And you want to shore up your weaknesses. Sure. But you want to exploit your strengths. hundred percent. You know, it's like, I'm a very, like, uh, I fix things for a living. Like I can decipher, I can troubleshoot like on the fly, like really fast mm-hmm. years of hunting plus like my job. So I can see a sign and I can be like, all right, boom. And I don't need to overthink it or overanalyze it. Cause I can mm-hmm. look at it and get it. And I can take a, a, a you know, quick a guess at it. Yeah. All right. Okay. This way he's done. Boom, boom. And kind of move on where someone like you, you like ask me, well, you're standing in the bed and you want to know why it's here. You, I, I can look at it. And like this is my, quick guesstimate and right. I can move on, you know, yep. three minutes in later and keep moving, yep. you know, and that's what everybody has their strengths. And I, you know, hanging out with, you know, all the people I have these last couple of years, like Rick and Long Island and, and Johnny and, you know, even like stuff I learned from you and everybody, it's Bo, everybody has what they're good at, yeah. you know? And it's like, you know, Johnny's good at, you know, a lot of things, but he's like really good at these things. And it's like, I need to get on that level because like I want to get as good there right, as I am right. here. You know, it's like we're gonna fix your microphone. What are we doing? Do a microphone check yeah, here, real check, quick. Check, there check, we check. Go. There we go. Did it fall down? Yeah, it just fell down a little bit. We're good. Um, yeah, no, it's like Johnny is good at everything. Yeah. But like when I think of Johnny, I actually think of like late season. Yeah. Like he is like I've never known anybody that can kill deer in late season like that dude can. Mm. You know, and it's just it's he enjoys it too. Yeah, I hate late season. Not because I don't like the hunt. I just don't see deer in late season. I kill, I'm, I'm just a doe killing machine. Like, oh, stack, stack, stacking bodies in the wintertime? Does right here. Right. The uh, But it's, let's go back to talking about like that, you know, kind of you know, everyone hunts a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, you know, that was, you know, I think the sooner you learn that, that you don't have to hunt like anybody mm-hmm. else. You know what I mean? It's like you, you do what works for you and what you're confident in, because if you're confident in it, you're likely to have success success versus doing something you're unsure about, you know? And that's why, you know, I know you like to hunt rub lines, you know what I mean? It's like, because it's like, I'm learning as I'm scouting with you. It's like, the reason you like that is because oftentimes you're finding rub lines and that's related to bedding. That's related to a buck bed, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And you're knowing that like, there's a buck here. He made specific buck sign because a scrape can be does or bucks. A lot of times it's does. You know what I mean? And bucks will use them as yep. communication hubs as well, yep. but you'll see more does hit those than you will 
when you will bucks, you know, um, particular time of year, they become very buck oriented, yep. you know what I mean? But like, for example, very bucky, very bucky. Yeah. It's like that one scrape I was showing you today. I have a cell camera on. It's like, yep. it's still getting hit by does yep. every day. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like, it's their communication hub. Um, but you like scrapes because that is specific buck sign. Yeah. Rubs that only, that's what I meant. Yeah. Rubs that only a buck can make. Right. And depending on where you find it, it's going to tell you something different, yep. right? Like if you've, have us if you found a couple scrapes and a couple rubs you're like all right laying down a little bit of sign here obviously there's probably some does that are better right. close by right so this is going to be that 15th and beyond right. or whenever it happens to turn on right you find a scrape along a terrain or along a topography line that has no other sign around it maybe some oaks all of a sudden like i'm learning from you now you're going he's not doing this just out of like, he's either traveling this a lot, you know, like he's either using this frequently and this is like an area he's traveling through or this is headed to his bed. Yes. You know what I mean? One of the two, you know what I mean? And, and buck sign, it's like rubs. It tells you what type of deer is in the area. Like some of the rubs we found today. Mm-hmm. Tall. Tall. Yeah. You know, even the tick marks coming through the brush. The tick marks. Yeah. yeah like those are the things that like I don't pick up on. Yeah. And that was interesting today because you kept spotting them yeah. and you were like, he's coming through here. He's coming through here. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, no shit. I'm yeah. like, that's, that's interesting. And like, yeah. they were high tick marks, yeah. you know what I mean? Where it's, that's not a small deer. Yeah. You know? And, and stuff like that. It's like, all right. And then, you know, high and then, there's either you know some type of markings on the rub you look at it like all right that deer's got a, a brow you know because right. it's gouged in one side of the tree well you start finding them all over the place or like really close together like mm-hmm. wait a minute the last three rubs have been gouges all right and they're all kind of pointing different directions to me is that it's like he's bedding close by you right. know? so i was just gonna say yeah. that like what i've started <laughs> to learn from you and it and it I won't say it clicked today i've thought of it but today it became a little bit more we found those beds those rubs, we found three different rubs going right. all it was, in the it same. It was rubs headed in different directions, yep. right? Because I think too often I would look for them headed in one direction. And what I'm learning from you now is like if they're headed in one direction, that's likely how they're traveling, Yes, right? If you find them heading just in two directions, right, and maybe just in one spot, yep. that's an entry exit, yep. right? So they're moving in and out. They're going both ways here. It doesn't mean that it's a bed. It means yep. that like there's a reason why they want to come in and out yep. of here. A lot of times probably does yep. like the one that we found. When you find kind of rubs in all directions in a in a particular area, he's spending a ton of time yep. there. Yep. You know what I mean? Which means he's coming and going in, in different directions, which usually for me, I find beds close by. Right. Because like, he gets out, he stretches, you know, because over here grabs a snack or browse a little bit and goes this way. But you know, rubs all within, you know, say thirty yards, all different directions, that's betting to me. I right. mean Maybe and he, not. And you might not be in the middle of it. He might yep. be bedding 40 yards yep. away from or there. Or some whatever, type of but... staging area close to bedding. You might not find the bed, but it's a staging area where he's spending some time here. You know, so it's like daylight. That's right. daylight. To me, that's daylight movement, which is which is what I'm looking which for. Which is what you want. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because you're close to his bed, yeah. right? And it's something that I, and I know you and I have talked about this. I talked about it with Nathan Keelan, where, you know, a lot of times when, and I think, and this was part of my thing too, just being completely honest with people listening. Part of my intimidation factor of hunting beds was that, like I said to you today, as I was standing in a bed, I never find beds, right? <laughs> but it didn't mean that I wasn't finding bedding areas where bucks were bedding, yes. right? Because people put too much, I think, emphasis on finding the precise bed. You're rarely going to kill him in the bed, yeah. right? 
you're going to kill him coming to and from. Yes. So if you know he's bedded in an area, it's more important to know the to and from than it is exactly where the bed is. I think a lot of times because you're exact, precise bed, man, you better understand the wind, the thermals, and everything because he's you gotta, probably got more than one there. Yes, and you have to be, you know, you have to really know what you're doing. It's yeah. one of them things like when I started hunting in the morning, like hunting over beds, that was a long learning curve. Well, yeah, because like they, they're going to come in all kinds of funky ways. That, that was rough because it's like, man, I ain't seeing shit. Right. I ain't seeing nothing. And it's like, and you just tweak it. All right, let me tweak it here, tweak it there. And then you're like, okay, I can kind of, I have better understanding on what to do. And that was right. a long, it was strenuous, right. <laughs> stressful, strenuous. And like, ah, just well, that's that why a lot of times, you know, let's talk about that a little bit, man, because we talked a little bit, you know, when we were doing that scouting about morning versus evening yeah. setups. And a lot of that was based around access. Yes. Right. Um, but you know, the, the, the traditional knowledge is, and I, and I know I've talked to Dan about this cause you, you will hunt beds in the morning yeah. pretty frequently. Yes. Right. That is the hardest time to hunt the bed because they're not coming in in a straight line. They're usually doing some type of hook to check, get downwind, right. do a quick check and bullshit like that. Right. Where typically when they leave a bed and we even said it today yeah. when we were in that one bed or in those couple beds, yeah. you would see a rub in a direction like he's leaving that way. He's likely coming in this way. Yeah. Right. And, you know, Dan will say, you know, hunting morning beds is, is hard to kill a buck in it, you know, out of his bed or mm-hmm. close to his bed or whatever. You want to, you know, you have a better chance of killing him in the evening yeah. because he's going to just get up and go yeah. whatever direction he's planning to go in. Yeah. And you can predict that a little bit better based on what the wind is going to do yeah. and how he's, when you found that and bed I, and how he's, how he's, where he's looking when he's in that bed. And I, and I think that comes from, for me, like I, I'll have them come out in the evenings. Uh, I'll set up on the bed and they always go the wrong way. So it's like, nice. <laughs> And that's like the worst thing, you, especially in the marsh. You, you climb out, you get on this little island. You're only like three feet off the ground. You're like, the buck stands up. You're like, there he is. He's coming this way. And there he goes. And there he goes. And you're like, what the, man? And I had so many of those moments. In the evenings? It, it's became frustrating because they can literally go wherever they want. Yeah. For me, I took that, you know, you know, and I learned a lot from like the, the Beast and, you know, mm-hmm. Dan, those guys. And I took what I knew. You will buy fucking up <laughs> so many times. Well, just by experience, and, yeah. And his videos and, and the hunting beast whatnot, I kind of just merged it together, you right. know. And I know like there's some guys that hunt private that are very like Andre's a very good, you know, morning guy. Yeah, he, he can has success, and it's like, all right, elk hunters in the morning, get up high, you know. There's mm-hmm. just certain guys. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna just kind of do my own thing, how my right. brain works, because I'm like, he wants this to be in this bed. I'm just gonna get within 35 yards of this bed, and I'm gonna shoot him how he's coming in. Right. Because that's the destination. Right. You know, in the evening, he's like, well, I'm just going to go this way. Mm, and that's, you know, yeah. You know, so for me, like how my brain operates, like I'll get in the bed, sit in the bed, look, like, all right, there's all these trees. Okay. He might J hook. He might not. They don't always J hook. You right. know, they, they J hook a good portion of the time. They're more interested in their back drill. And if it's a primary bed, they might not J hook it because they come near all the time. Right. And it's like, and you know when you see a primary bed, you look at it, you're like, mm-hmm, yep. Yeah. You know I, mean? I don't think anything we found today was primary no, bed. No. no. You know, the rock ones, maybe, but it's kind of hard to tell. because it's, it's on a rock. rock. Yeah. <laughs> that depression, I mean, yeah, yeah, look at that, a thousand years of use right there. If you made a depression, that's a big <laughs> deer, boy. But so for me, like, my brain was like, all right, I can work with this because he wants to be here, and I can just circle around and get to that and, and work with that. My brain processes that in a way that, to me, is like, okay, I can make, you just 
this will work. Right. But in the evening, it's like you do everything right, and he just goes somewhere else. And then you're like, wow, all right. And I had that happen on numerous, you know, evening sets. And in the mountains, I'm the worst evening hunter. I might, I don't even know why I go out. I don't <laughs> see shit. <laughs> see, I'm the, see, I'm the complete opposite. It's like I rarely see stuff in the morning. I will almost I have a much better opportunity yeah. at night, except that one like area this year where I had. Well, it was the only encounter. Oh, no, that's not true. I had a couple of encounters, there, but it was the one encounter with a shooter mm. that was in the morning. That was at like I don't know, it was light out at seven. It was right before Thanksgiving. So it was maybe mm. like seven. 30 yeah. something like that whatever time, it was. time baby you he's, know he's betting close by if he's there at 7 30 yeah uh, i'm a firm believer in that <laughs> yeah yeah i mean he was you know he was on a zombie walk yeah. you know so it's like he could have been just yeah, doe like, checking or whatever but it's like my buddy todd you know the up bow hunter he's loves the mornings too he has success in the mornings hmm. you know so and, and he hunts marsh and swamp and it's you just need to whatever your strengths are just amplify it work on that you right. know and you're going to make mistakes, man. Yeah. And I think that's where people like myself, I'm not afraid to make a mistake, you know, to lose, to win mentality. Like, all right, right. I'm going to, I'm going to lose 99% of the time. That 1% money. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. going to be great. And a lot of people are afraid to, uh, what if I blow the stair up? I don't care. Like right. I really, well, I have again, enough it, spots. It's like, you, I'm say, on to the next. I was just going to say, it's like, that's again, going back to like the whole idea of like the way I approach yeah. scouting and stuff like that is I try to find like my off season in my like early season, you know, summer through like whatever, you know, and that's again, why I like bigger pieces. Cause I'll try to learn the best sections of a big piece, yeah. you know what I mean? To where it's like when the deer shift, chances are they're going to shift to where I've already been looking and yeah. I probably already found their sign there yeah. too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That was kind of the goal today. Yeah. It was like, I know there's a good deer here. I have a couple of them here that I know. That's a huge deer. It's not a good deer. Yeah. It's a huge deer. Yeah. Um, Let's just be clear about this people. That's a deer. <laughs> uh, there's no good deer in Pennsylvania, especially where I live. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I knew he was, I knew I had assumed he was around. Right. And I was like, I don't believe he's moved that, that far. Right. Yeah. And that was what today the goal was, was like, let's go find the other part of this property that he's using. Cause I don't think he left it. Like it's mm -hmm. a big enough piece that I think he's still here. I just need to go find the other really good areas here and find where he's yeah. spending the time. And what I do is I do a lot of that that way, you know, and again, I picked up a lot of this stuff from you and, you know, Chad is kind of the mm -hmm. same way and just like our, all of our hunting buddies, yeah. like we all take stuff from each other is that I'm willing to go and go ruin a spot by trying to figure, like trying to make it happen. And then when it doesn't happen, go, all right, how can I make this better? Yeah. How can I make this better? And I'm going to go on to the next. And yeah. so that's why for me, you know, you busted my chops about like having like the killer trail camera photos yeah. like early in the year, but that's why I do yeah. it. Cause I'm like, I want to get as many opportunities as I can because I'm probably going to screw th if I have four really good deer, I'm probably going to screw three of them up. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I'll do that knowing that like I've got other deer to kind of move on to or yeah. whatever. The video I'm making now about another terrain features and tree stands. I actually talk about that because I have a lot of spots, mm -hmm. you know, I'm primary bed hunter, but mid October, I kind of shift more towards, you know, the, the, the scrape, scrape lines, scraping areas. And 90% of my spots turn out to be shit. <laughs> right. I mean, like oh, yeah. awful. Yeah. But 
I don't care because I have more in the bag. So it's like I don't put 100% in one spot. Like, oh, my God, no. I got a camera picture of this buck. He's a whopper. Odds are I'm never going to see that deer ever again. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. But I have 12 banger spots that, that I call banger spots. You know, like I have 12 of them, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, on to the next. Because I only have so many days to hunt. So it's yeah. like, all right, I scratch it off. Well, that place sucked. That place sucked. And place that put cameras, I let them run. Like, oh man, this is this place is bumping. Right. <laughs> I'll go back next year. I'm gonna, you know, I'll, I'll hunt it this time. You know. Right. And I try to find spots, you know, that should be good year over. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'll go hunt spots that like have just good sign from last year, and I'll go check it out and validate it during mm-hmm. the season, scout it real quick, make sure the sign's still there or whatever. But again, that's why I go back to like, I'm looking for like cluster of of sign. I'm looking for that primary scrape yeah. because I want to be able to have like four or five of those in my back pocket that I'm going to have an opportunity yep. pretty and, much on any of them and, you know, every year. And your spots, uh, I mean, people Here's talk- one. I didn't know if I've ever showed you this one. Here's one that yeah. was on that one primary scrape. So there was a one big deer that I showed you during the season that was hitting that licking yeah. branch all stretched out with the, like the big shoulders. Yeah. Then there was this guy too. Hi. Yeah. That's Tank C. Yeah. And that was on the 18th of October hmm. on that primary scrape. We were talking about that today too, like the prime dates. And also too, when the time of year you plan on hunting, like I, I do a lot of, I'm a better October hunter. Mm -hmm. So rubs usually come into play. Right. Yeah. So those just kind of mesh and I've always kind of been that way. And that's just what worked for me. Right. Maybe because back in the day we used to have to apply for an extended permit Mm -hmm. when I first got into hunting. And those some years I didn't get it extended. I couldn't hunt in November Mm -hmm. and we only had the month of November to hunt. Those years, I didn't pull, I didn't draw a tag, basically. And it's like, right. Or I'm a kid. My dad's like, well, all right, we'll put in for 27 and 63. Well, my dad would get 27, I'd get 63. I don't drive. Right. So it's like, <laughs> so it's like you're out of luck. Yeah. So it's like, you know, there, there's odds like that. So I think just from years of, of whatnot, you know, I just, I just became an October guy. So yeah. rubs in October go hand in hand, you know, and then right. beds kind of morphed in off of, of that over the years of, well, it's like you wrong. were kind of doing that already before you knew probably about yeah. beds specifically yeah. because you were hunting rubs, which that time of year is yeah. in relationship a lot yeah. of times to, to, to beds, yep. you know, to you know and, and not always, but like, you know, a lot of them yeah. at that point. Yeah. So it's just, you find what works for you and exploit it, you know, like everybody has strengths. Right. And there's, it sounds mean saying this. We all, I guess I'll use an analogy here, but we all work with people that have been doing a job for 20 years, 10 mm-hmm. years, and they're horrible at it. Yeah. We all know hunters that have been hunting for 10, 20 years and they're horrible at it. Right. Sometimes it's not your thing. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. You yeah. know, like there's, you can't be elite at all these other, you, you can't be elite at everything. In right. Life, and it know? doesn't mean that they're not, that they aren't having a good time exactly. or whatever. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, it's like, there's some people who just, especially public land. If you got private, it's different. Cause I work with guys that you know, feeder drivers they got farms and they mm-hmm. kill monsters every year. Mm-hmm. Ladder stands on edge of fields. And you're like, right. oh. And you talk to them, it's like half of them know what's going on. The other half, not nope. a clue. Right. And it's yeah. like, wow, oh, that's just. Right. And they like, some of these guys sometimes will give me advice. Right. And it's, and it's like, it's like, unless you're, t- unless you're teaching me how to set a feeder up. Yeah. It's like, go ahead and it's stop. like you know, I just like the one guy this year, the uh, feeder driver, crossbow. He's got a bad shoulder, but he shot this deer like 60 yards or seven yards with a crossbow. 
I mean, an absolute tank of an eight pointer. Was it one of those ones that shoots like seven arrows at a time? <laughs> but I mean, this deer was like, so you look at it, you're like, man, what the buddy? He hunts near Kennett Square. You know, mm-hmm. he's got access to these things. And it's like, wow, that's a deer of a lifetime. Yeah. And he shoots deer like that. I won't say regularly, but every now and again, he gets deer like that. And it's right. like, because he has the spots. Right. You know, yeah. I'm going to sit here in, in November right. and the deer are coming out. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the other reason, too, why it's like, you know, look, you know, going back to like, you know, um, I had a good pool last year, shall we say, right, of of deer, you know. <clears throat> that doesn't mean I'm going to have it again this year. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. It's like, you have to like, every year has to be unto itself. Yep. Right. Like I can find these spots and I'll go, people probably sick of me saying it, but like, I'll f- go f- try to find these high density kind of like, like areas that where deer are going to congregate. Yep. Right. Destination points. Right. And and I'm doing that because I'm trying to get inventory, you know, more than anything. Right. Those just happen to be really good setups too, potentially, but I'm really trying to get inventory because I'll know at the beginning of the year, what, what I'm working with, you know, and then I can adjust my expectations and my, like what I want to do that year accordingly. Right. So like this year, yeah, I was kind of holding out for a pretty good deer because I had a handful of really good mm. deer, you know what I mean? But this year, if the best thing I have on camera is like a 120 inch eight point or 115 inch eight point or whatever, and that's the best I have on camera or that that's I shouldn't say the best I had on camera, the best I've either seen or the best I yep. have on camera or whatever yep. the case is. I know that what's the opportunity is yep. in the area for me that I'm aware of. Then that's what it is. You know what I mean? So it's like not every year is going to be me having 160s running around 160 inch deer running around. Cause I had, yeah, a, you're not Bo Martonic. You know? No, I'm not, you know, it's like, you know, but I had like this year was a good year. I had four deer that were in the range of like mid one thirties to 160 inches, you know, on public land in Pennsylvania, yep. N- not out in the Allegheny Mountains. You know what There's I mean? No big deer out there. There's no big deer out there. No. Uh, but Poconos just, is where it's at. Poconos is well. That's yeah, exactly. Keep throwing shade <laughs> on my shit, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but no, you know, this year was a was a banner year, and it doesn't mean that next year is going to be. Yeah. And so, you know, I I'm not sitting here today going, um. I'm only going to try to kill a 130 plus inch deer on Pennsylvania public in the area that I live in next year. Why? Because I don't know that that's even going to be an opportunity or a possibility. Mm-hmm. Now I will say by some of the tracks and stuff we had found today and what I had seen historically in trail camera data and stuff like that, I would say I'll probably have a couple that are pretty, pretty good mm-hmm. to what degree. I don't know, you know, probably better than Pope most likely, you know what I mean? But how much better? I don't know. You know, that could be a really fat deer. That's 115 inches. You know what I mean? It's like, that's certainly possible. Gnarly six pointer. Yeah. Could be, you know what I mean? But you know, so every year is, I think that's the cool thing about bow hunting or just deer hunting in general is like every year's it's constantly changing. Yeah. It's different. You know what I mean? It's like, especially like around here. Cause you got developments, mm-hmm. houses popping up all over the place, shopping mm-hmm. centers, mm-hmm. farms getting bought up, which changes Oh, yeah. everything yep you know exactly and then by by may it's not too bad but we do have you know we lose land for you know farmland for mm-hmm. this or that but you know some of the spots i hunt is it'll probably be that way in, in 20 years yeah i mean i think the other thing too is is like look the area i live in in pa you know not the poo poo it or whatever but just poo-poo. calling it what it is you know the state game land didn't get the prime land so yeah. like the game lands around here do not look like the public land in, in like Western PA or in 
uh, Ohio or whatever is literally swamp trash. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or mountain trash that you can't develop, you can't do anything with. And so it became, so it's state game land, yeah. you know, and that's not exactly the process, but like when basically you, the process, <laughs> right. But when you look around at the land and stuff like that, it's, it's not, it's not a primo ag and, well, it's just not primo even habitat in general, right? Like it's like some of the brows of it. We walk through that clear cut. I mean, some of it, those no brows in certain areas. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Like there was a couple hundred yards where it's like, this is dead. Like there's nothing. Right. Just trash trees. Yeah. Like nothing, you know, nothing good at all. Yeah. And so, you know, that's one of the challenges, right? It's when you, there's that other layer of, it's not even. That's Primo why br- browse is super important Dude, up here. Yeah, browse is king because there's just not a lot of ag. I mean, there's yeah. a couple places. The one place that was near some water, there yeah. was, you know, there was a little. But even field. that's not a, not enough to sustain a giant deer herd. Oh, no, no. Yeah. That's like there's a some doe families that hit yeah. it and some bucks of opportunity yeah. kind of pass through there at certain points. But it's not like. That's uh, where, I, you know, like Johnny and his browse, like I'm the browse king. He knows what they eat, what it's called. What time of year they eat it, and it's like that just looks like green stuff, dude. He goes, Green's good, he goes, but not all green stuff's good, you know. And it's like right. this, this, this. And I'm like, Oh, okay, I see what's going on here, you know. Yeah. And looking at you, he's like, Look for nips. And like, I've, I've, just I've, say, I yeah. pointed that out today a little bit. I'm like, He goes, Blackberry briars, briars, great, not all briars, just some briars. And you know which ones deer want to eat, just look for the nips, right? Yeah, and I do that whenever I'm yeah. walking through an area, you yeah. know what I mean? Because I'm not a you know. I've always said I wanted to get better at learning browse and stuff yep. like that. So I could kind of decipher it. But the reality is you know, for folks out there listening, it's like you don't need to know all of it. All you need to do is just pay attention when you're walking through. Now, what you might not know is when they browse that, yep. but pay attention to it at different times of year when you're scouting yep. and you'll start to be able to tell when they start to browse certain things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause there's no food outside of, you know, there's very little ag where we were. Oh, there's nothing. So, these deer are getting, some of these deer were, you know, 130s, 140s maybe. Mm-hmm. They're getting that big by eating browse. And the, whatever the acorn drop is. Yeah, and there's yeah. No, nothing really dropping in growing season, basically. Yeah. Acorns is a, it's a fall food. So yeah. Yeah. they're yeah. literally getting big on browse. Browse, so yeah. So yeah. that's one thing I've, I've been really paying attention to, trying to up my game. On, and even, if they're getting big on browse... It means they're probably got a little bit of age on them because they're not going to get that big yep. that quick. Yep. You know what I mean? So like a couple of those that we looked at today, like yep. where you were like, those are some hoss. Yeah. It's like, yeah, they were probably four and a half, yep. maybe five year old deer, which yep. you don't get very often in PA, particularly yep. this part to get to that size, living yep. on nothing but Browse. green briars, yep. <laughs> essentially in, in, in tree bark. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. So they, they have to have a little age on them yeah. to, get, to do that. Yeah. You know, it's not like, and a too, like deer. you said, the acorn crop wasn't too good. Deer might not get big next year. They might not have the fat to yeah. get them through the winter. And we know? had a rough winter. Yep. We had a hard winter this year. So there might be some deaths or might be some deer that are just don't pack on the weight. You yeah. know, they, they're going to pack on the body weight for they do horns. Right. So that 140, he might be 120 next year. Yeah. You know? Exactly. There's nothing you can do about it. Like no. my oldest deer, I killed in the mountains, uh, six and a half. He was only 117 inches, barely. Mm-hmm. Shitty acorn cropped deer before. Really? You know, six and a half year old deer, you know, cause up there, four and a half will get you that. Right. Class. This is six and a half. Everything's big, but it's horns. Wow. I mean, it's, it's big, but it's right. for a six and a half. You think it's, that's prime. That's. Oh yeah. Deer. He should be at his peak. Yeah. And you're like, point. wow, 
nothing. Yeah, he but, should be reaching his, you know, genetic potential. Well, yeah. genetic potential if he had the right food, but he should be as good as he's going to be based on the the what yeah. he has available to yeah. him. So it's like that's a bad acorn crop. So he suffered, you right. know. And I've killed two four and a half up there as well, and they're one, they're bigger than him, like right. score wise, you know, right. bigger body, bigger everything. And you're like, wow. And that he had two years growing on him, right. but this had a, just a, a junk acorn crop, right? And that's all there is up there in the mountains. There's just there's no ag and just no acorns, you know. That's in trouble. Close. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting, man. It'll be interesting to see how that winter is going to affect these deer. Yeah, because I thought of that, you know, when we were getting all that snow, I was just kind of thinking about it because I was like, man, you know, it's piles. And they're of not snow. used to it. You're getting a whole generation of deer that don't know how to survive in that. Yeah, and when we say generation of deer, you know, PA. Like two and a half yeah. is about as old as they get, yeah. right? You know, maybe. And that, like three foot of snow, when's the last time you had two, three foot of snow around here? That stuck around for any length of time. Right. I can't remember since I've lived back in this area for going on 11 years, and I can't remember a time in the past 11 years where we had, we've had some snowstorms, but nothing that like snowed like that for like, it was like for two weeks, yep. you and know, that, and then that, it stuck around yep. and it got cold and it stuck yep. around for a while. That's you know? John and I were talking about that out there. Uh, we found... I don't know, three coyote kills. Oh, did like you? Like winter kills. Yeah. You know, and it's just the little ones that the coyotes just eat through everything. You know, yeah. they just chomp the bones and, mm-hmm. you know, but how that's going to affect some, because they haven't had winter like that in a while. So mm-hmm. there's two, three-year-old deer that don't know where to go in the winter, yeah. don't know where the food is. Yeah. Well, that puts a hurting on them. Like they're struggling to survive. They might not make it. Yeah. You know, the moms make babies, might not make babies, you know, like they might die or make Babies that are inferior, babies that are weak. Right. You know, and there's a whole little ramp up. Yeah. Yeah, because that's interesting because I, I did find um, I did find two coyote kills actually on that piece we were on today. Yeah. One was in that oak flat that I scouted a couple weeks ago. I found. Looking for food. Those deer were looking for food. Mm-hmm. Sending them because they're starving and making mistakes. Yep. And there was a, a doe out there that had, was killed. And then I found that uh, shit, uh, that uh, deadhead mm-hmm. in around that one primary scrape area. Um, which has a ton of yeah. brows mm-hmm. in it, right? So, and it looked like a coyote kill, coyote kill as well, yeah. you know? Yeah, and that's what a lot of, you know, when Johnny brought that up, he goes, this is the first time generational snowstorms mm-hmm. that even a five-year-old deer. It's going to struggle. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that they're, they're not used to that type of weather and snow. Like, where do you go for food? You right. know, I have behind my house, like when I first bought my house, I would literally have deer come up and I had like a, they were, weren't azaleas, they were some type of laurel. It was, they were awful all along the backside of my house. Deer were literally eating because we had snow for like a week and a half. Right. And I don't have it used by them. There's really nothing at my house. Yeah. They were literally pawing the, the, on the septic mound to eat the grass and then eating everything I had around the house. So it's yeah. like, cause they were a little starving to death. So it's yeah. like, they're going to go and find food. Wherever it is. Yep. Yeah. Well, man, we've been rolling here for almost two hours. Should probably cut you loose so you can uh, make your long journey back home. Yeah. But uh, before you uh, skedaddle, let people know where they can follow you, find out more about you, watch videos, and do all that stuff. Instagram, YouTube, Bow Hunt and Fiend. Um, yeah, that's that's all I got currently. Sweet. Enjoy new videos. Quite a few new videos. Got some more coming out. Cool. Well, check him out, folks, buddy. It's always good hanging out with you, yeah, dude. Man. I'm glad we got to do a scout. For real. Have to do some more here. I don't know if we'll have time to get another one in this year, but we'll do some more hanging here in the not-so-distant future. Once my shoulder's back to par and we can shoot, maybe we'll do that. Yeah, my shoulder's getting winging it out. I'm good. There you go. Yeah. All right, folks, we'll see you soon. 
All right, folks, that is a wrap for today's show. I'd like to thank all of you for listening. And if you haven't yet, please head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating. And hell, while you're at it, head over to YouTube and give us a sub there, too. I'd be super appreciative if you'd be able to do those two things for me. And before I shut this thing down, I need to give a big shout-out to our partners who continue to help us make this podcast possible. Tethered, Exodus Outdoor Gear, Skull Brew Coffee Company, and Maven Optics. And until next time, we'll see y'all. All right, gang, the new Truth merch is in stock at truthfromthestand.com and on YouTube below any of the Truth From The Stand videos. I've got some new hats, beanies, t-shirts, long-sleeve t-shirts, and sweatshirts. There's even a new do-hard-shit hat for those of us who like to embrace micro-dosing adversity. So head to truthfromthestand.com and check out the new gear and use the code TRUTH, T-R-U-T-H, and save yourself some cash on the new gear.